Well, hello, internet friends near and far. Welcome to another episode of Parks and Conversation. This is a podcast where we watch an episode of Parks and Recreation, and then we talk about it. And uh, it's it's been quite a ride. I mean, a real roller coaster of emotions. And this episode in particular, I mean, we just see so much wonderful stuff. And so today, I'm Jason, and every day I'm Jason. And I'm also joined by uh, my friend Jeremy, who's joining me all the way across town. Say hello, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Good. So good. Today is uh, one of those wonderful spring days in the Pacific Northwest where it is sunny and cold and you don't know how to dress when you leave the house. So I'm kind of uh, grateful that we have this indoor activity of podcasting Mm -hmm. where I know exactly how to dress. Yes, you don't have to cast it. Right, exactly. Formal attire. Well, I'm not a, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a farmer to quote Jack, uh, Jack Donaghy. <laughs> Why are you wearing a tux? It's after six, Lemon. I'm not a farmer. Uh, so I just think show. of Jim Halpert showing like in his tuxedo. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, this, uh, that, that is, <laughs> it's not classy enough. <laughs> is not class- Charles what is it? What is it? Classy. <laughs> oh man. So good. So good. I, I talked to somebody this week who, uh, he, job, man. Uh, thank you. <laughs> There's real people out there. Yeah. Um, he's, in, he's interviewing for a job at a paper company. And I said, <laughs> I was like, Oh, you're going to be, uh, he's going to be in sales. I was like, Oh, you'll be like Michael Scott. Great salesman. And he's like, who's that? Like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, have you not seen the office? Like, well, I watched a, a few. Why? Why? It was like, the whole thing is at a paper company. That's yeah, a documentary uh, about paper. Yeah. I was like, you got to watch this. If you're going to interview, you got to at least watch some of this show because people are going to make jokes about it. So, um, yeah, I don't know if he did. Or I, would, I would show up in the interview in a tuxedo. <laughs> is it classy enough? Uh, this is the classiest paper company ever. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting situation. Um, just I hope like he gets people. Job. I do, too. Uh, it would be very good for him to get the job. Um, generally it's good for people to have jobs. Yeah. I'm not afraid to tell people that I'm a good friend. I'm not afraid who, for people to know that. <laughs> you heard uh, it here first. Right. <laughs> oh, speaking of Paul Rudd, I mean, I know we're super like focused always, but, uh, this last for several years, Paul Rudd has been going on Conan O'Brien's show. And, uh, when every time he's promoting a movie, instead of playing the clip from the movie, he plays a clip from Mac and me with this kid in a wheelchair going down a hill out of control, falling off a cliff into, into a lake and then Mac rescues him. Um, and so now Conan no longer has a show, but Paul Rudd was his guest on, uh, on his podcast. <laughs> and he still found a way to <laughs> play the Mac and me clip on the podcast. <laughs> Cause he was like, yeah, I'm actually doing this audible, uh, project with my friend and he sets up this whole thing and he's like let's play a clip <laughs> for a podcast <laughs> and they totally he pulled it off it was very funny um anyway so the power of podcasting thank you for joining this one uh what episode are we on jeremy we're on what is it uh season, season five episode nine called ron and diane which if i'm not mistaken is that no, it's Jack and Diane. Oh, I was so close. That was a John Coogan, John, 
start again. John Cougar Mellencamp. Nailed it. Indiana. First time. Yeah. (laughs) No one will ever know, except I don't really edit things. So everyone will know. Uh, So this this episode. This is a little ditty about Ron and Diane. Is it a a ditty about Ron and Diane? It's not Jack and Diane. 22 minutes. This is, no, the song is Jack and Diane. I'm just saying okay. this, this is a little ditty about Ron and Diane. Life goes on. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Life goes on. Uh, that's a different song. But, you know, you <laughs> can't always get what you want. You try sometimes. You get what you need. Today's episode, uh, we're looking at, there's, a, there's two major plot threads that we're following today. Right, Jeremy? We've got Ron who has been nominated for an award for chair achievement in chairs. And, uh, it's Christmas time. <laughs> just, and, just chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I made a note about that. Um, it's, uh, it's Christmas time. And so Jerry is throwing a party. Um, and so we realize we learn about Jerry's party. We learn about his family. Um, and so, yeah, so there's two, two uh threads that we're going to follow and in the second thread or in the jerry party thread there's a sub thread about chris's progress through his therapy which is uh which is a good a growing moment for chris so uh jeremy which one do you want to tackle first oh i say the christmas party christmas party it is yeah it's april 1st april fool's day i'm just in i'm just in the the christmas mood Yes. So as we are recording this, listener, it is April Fool's Day, but we are not fooling around. We're focused. Because it is <laughs> That's the joke. So we... <laughs> There's the joke. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So, uh, all right. So it starts out uh, <laughs> with uh, uh, Donna, it, you know, like, and, the, and the team sitting around figuring out where they're going to go to dinner. And the first suggestion is sushi. And I love Andy points out that he's allergic to sushi because every time he eats more than 80 sushis, he barfs. So his allergies are quantity based, I would say. That's because they just keep bringing it on that conveyor belt of sushi. It just, you know, he probably doesn't know that you don't have to eat it all as it goes by. It's coming here. does not mean you have to Garfield it. Right. Just put your mouth on the conveyor belt and just let it go right in. Um, How many sushis do you think you could eat? Well, I mean, without feeling sick, I could, I mean, just like California. Well, because are you talking about each individual sushi or like a, like a California roll set of six counts as one? I'm talking about each individual roll. How many of those do you think you could eat? I mean, if it was a contest, I could probably easily do, you know, I don't know, 20, 20. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. If I, I mean, like had to, had to, but I wouldn't do that. Like that wouldn't be comfortable. <laughs> be comfortable yeah um no, not my t- my tummy yeah what, how like do you like do you eat sushi do you like sushi i, I like sushi yeah i, I don't uh, get to eat a lot of sushi my, my family is not into sushi so yeah well i have a brother-in-law who is really into japanese stuff because he is japanese <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so uh he, he will uh we took we went out to dinner uh one time our 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 wives my wife and his wife their sisters they are sisters um, they went on a trip. And so Takashi and and he listens sometimes. So hi, Takashi. Uh, Takashi uh, and his kids and me and my kids, we went to a sushi place together. It was awesome. So good. Um, but I, I don't know what to order when I go to a sushi place. And so I need I need help. 
And so he uh, ordered everything for us and it was delicious. And like you, you look at the individual roles, right. And as they put it all out there and the, like the, the, the spread of things and you're like, this does not look like enough food, but it is surprisingly filling uh, how like, I mean, it, every bite has a ton of rice, so that helps. Um, but the, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so like 20 seems like a lot. And, and if you eat a lot of the green Play-Doh, it fills you <laughs> yeah, up real yeah. quick. I call it sticky guacamole. Uh, <laughs> so it's spicy too. So good. Um, but yeah, so 20 seems like, I think I would probably tap out at 20 myself. So like Andy eating 80 sushis. I love the way he talks about it. Anytime I eat 80 sushis, it's uh, a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, so also, tra- and sushis, sushis being the plural of sushi. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 80 sushis. <laughs> Today I learned. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, Anne comes and he's like, what's going on? And Tom points out that they have this thing every December called Jerry Dinner, where they, whenever Jerry does something uh, stupid, they put a dollar in the box. And at the end of the year, they take themselves out for a fancy dinner. And so they're at 516. And you can see Jerry in the background uh, spilling stuff on himself. That's 517. And then he hits him, it like hits his head on something like oh, 518. Um, and uh, and so Anne's like, that's mean. You guys are terrible. And Tom and April and Andy and Don are like, this is not like this is just what we do. Like it's part of our part of our deal. Um, and uh, and Anne suggests that they should at least invite him to dinner. <laughs> and Tom, I love Tom. He's like, that's funny. You should do stand up. And Anne, as is like every person who's ever thought about doing stand up, is like, if you're kidding, you suck. But if you're serious, I actually have been thinking about it. <laughs> 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 and as somebody who has done some stand-up, like I'm not good, but I have done it. It's one of those things that everybody's like, well, I can do this. I can get up and I can make jokes. And I get it's like, it's so hard. It's so hard. Um, and you you get you get laughed at in not the way you want to be laughed at. And so uh, yeah, so she so well, leaves. I mean, unless you're used to it, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, I guess. You know, if you if you like being mocked and ridiculed, um, but Anne, as she's her zinger, as she leaves and like talking about doing stand up, was like, Hey, April, Matlock called. He wants his cardigan back. Boom, I'm out. <laughs> and April is just like, Who's Matlock? Because she's a young, <laughs> disaffected youth. Uh, and so I, I can't, I can't even see Matlock in a, in a cardigan. In a cardigan. Like, did, didn't he just wear like a white suit all the time? I feel like he always wore a suit too. So, like, I, this is indication, like, Anne is terrible at knowing what Matlock wore as well as uh, zingers and barbs. So, yeah, this is um, how we're, we're talking about stand up and Matlock. What other kind of like food systems, like food that I, I feel like they need to, you know, embrace the, the food train more, the conveyor belt system. Okay. Like why, yeah. why, why aren't there more like foods that way? Like restaurants that have different kinds of foods, like, here comes the spaghetti one, you know, like, uh-huh. like an Italian restaurant, uh-huh. like, you know, small portions of spaghetti and tortellinis and, you know, pizza. And, you know, I don't know why, why mm. stop at just sushi? Well, I cannot answer that question for you. Like, like hamburger, like you could, you could like build your own hamburger, right? Like all the little, all the parts come out and you just build it like a conveyor belt. <laughs> Is that really what you want? <laughs> I just want people to, you have to wait like 15 minutes for the next round of pickles to come out. (laughs) 
I'd say I, that's I, that's great. I wouldn't I would have to start wait. eating this burger, um, but pickles are taking forever. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not saying it's perfect. I mean, what about like a corn dog system? Or something? I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying. What is a gr- corn dog system? Just a conveyor belt of corn dogs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like more corn dog, more like different kinds of corn dogs, and there's just let's start thinking outside the box just a little bit. Like, it's right there. You know, it's it's right there. We just got to put more things on it other than sushi. That's all I'm saying. The closest thing that I can think of that is embracing this is the Brazilian steakhouse. But it is not a conveyor belt necessarily, but it is a bunch of people walking around with spits of meat. Like you're like, would you like some of this? And the correct answer is yes. It's Um, always yes. Yeah. Uh, Anytime I eat 80 spits of meat, I barf. Uh, (laughs) So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just just think about it. I don't know. I think a, a pizza conveyor belt system could work like with slices but the the challenge is uh the heat right because we'll get into pizza theories later i bet but um like you gotta like have a hot lamp over the conveyor belt too to keep the pizza hot sure or like the the uh the, the surface of the conveyor belt is hot and so you just don't touch it like the cornholer in Arrested Development. Never touch, touch never touch it. <laughs> don't ever touch that. Uh, so, I don't know. Um, listener, if you have some ideas for food conveyor belts, uh, send Jeremy an email. Just directly to Jeremy. <laughs> at Parks and Rec. Gmail.com. Parks and Conversation Com- at gmail.com. Parks and Conversation. Yeah, not Parks and Rec. <laughs> you can try sending emails to Parks and Rec. I don't answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, all right, so the subplot of this uh, this situation is we also meet Ben and Chris, and uh, Ben's like, hey, we should hang out, and uh, and Chris is finishing up his Entering His Dream journal and points out that this time the giant spider got caught in my web progress. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, he's been very busy, um, uh, and Ben's been very busy since he's gotten back from D.C., and he's like, well, we both have relationships. You've got Leslie, I've got Dr. Richard Nygaard, who I see 15 times a week. Uh, which is a lot. And so they decide to hang out and uh, they are going to um, go to Jerry's party is what we find out. So they uh, cut to the, the, the crew driving to celebrate Jerry dinner. And uh, they want to talk about all the best memory, their favorite memories of Jerry doing dumb stuff for the year. Uh, and um, Tom was when he, Jerry slipped on a Cinnabon and landed in a bunch of garbage. <laughs> Which I don't know how that even happens. April's is when Jerry Jerry ate a bowl of glue, and Andy is when is when he uh, was when Jerry had his potato soup switched with glue by April, and Jerry didn't know. Um, and uh, soups and, and soups and desserts, yeah, right there, like a conveyor belt of soups just coming back, coming around, different <laughs> soups. Okay. But it's got to oh. stay hot. I mean, that's sure. Thing, I'm, that, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay with the the heat lamp thing, or like the each each section of the conveyor belt has its own like warming plate for the soup. I'm just saying, like, hey, I'll take that small bowl of of chicken noodle and then the the tomato. I don't know, or a dessert one. That's even better. It's just a dessert place with cookies and cupcakes and all sorts of sweet treats. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Okay, I can get on board with that. Um, as they are talking about how they bully Jerry, Donna realizes that this is mean 
um, and that they need to go pick up Jerry and nobody wants to. Um, and, uh, but, uh, since they're going over to Jerry's house, Andy asks if they can stop at their place real quick because he forgot to put on deodorant and a jacket and one of his socks and he's got a poop, but he can do that anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so they go to Jerry's house and they see that there is a party at the Gergich's house. He's having a Christmas party and they're like, how come he didn't Im- invite us? And then they see Ben and Chris are going in and Anna's going in. And Andy is like, I didn't even know that Anne knew Jerry. Uh, but in, in the in the party, Ben uh, is there with Chris. He's like, wow, they go all out. And Chris is drinking eggnog. He's like, this is the best nonfat eggnog I've ever had. And it pans down to see there's a little label down there that says regular eggnog. And Ben tells him, like, this is actually the full fat eggnog. And it won't kill you. And uh, and Chris like knows the calorie count and all that stuff. And he's like, you only live once and he drinks it. And he's like, did you know that things with fat in them taste way better than things with no fat? And and Ben's <laughs> response is like, yeah, Chris, everybody knows that. Um, so this is an awakening for for Chris. And so, um, yeah, this party is going to be full of awakening moments for him uh, where he's going to embrace the life that he's living. Um, and then, uh, the Donna, April, Andy, and Tom, they are outside looking in and everybody looks happy and warm. And, um, and, uh, then they're like, we got to figure out a way to crash this party. And they tap the window and get Anne to come and let them in. And she's like, no, you cannot come in because, uh, you need, you've been mean to Jerry. So if you want to come in, you have to do something nice for Jerry and then you can come in. Um, and, uh, Donna is like, well, can I come in? Cause I wanted to pick Jerry up for dinner. And so Donna gets to come in leaving the other three outside. Um, and they're like, whatever. But then Andy sees a Santa at the party and freaks out. And everybody's like, this is the biggest party and we don't get to be a part of it. Sadness. Um, I love when I love when April tries to force her way in, but she can't because Anne basically just holds her arm. Right. <laughs> and it's like, are you, why are you so frail? Is there? Let me check your pulse. Are you iron deficient? <laughs> and she calls her. She calls her. It's because you have man strength, man Perkins. <laughs> yeah, and I I think this is some of the best acting Aubrey Plaza has ever done because it looks like she's really trying. And so like her effort is like all in her face. It's like, she's really trying to get in past Anne and she can't do it. Um, so yeah, very, very good. Uh, so in the party, uh, Chris introduces Ben to Jerry's wife, uh, Gail. And we've heard a lot about Gail. And this is the first time we actually get to meet Gail in the whole series. Gail is played by Christy Brinkley, uh, who, uh, is a very beautiful woman, right? I mean, people would agree with this, which is shocking to Ben because he knows Jerry, who is not a conventionally handsome man. Uh, and uh, and so he Ben, throughout this whole episode, is trying to figure out what's going on with Jerry's family. And uh, he's in how- he's in little Sebastian mind space at this point. Yes. Like he's yes. just, I don't this there's there's a disconnect. He just can't something's broken. Yeah, there's a glitch in the matrix. Uh, and uh, and so uh, Chris is uh, talking with Gail's like, oh, this isn't weird. I dated your daughter. And Gail's like, no problem. And then she finds a little gray hair on Chris's shirt. 
uh, and says, uh, points it out, calls him a silver fox. And uh, Chris does not evaporate in sadness. Uh, and Ben points this out. You don't feel like your body is in decay or death is inevitable. Um, and uh, Chris is like, no, it's it's fine. Um, and so this is different. This is something that's happening in Chris. So all these hours with Dr. Richard Nygaard seem to be helping. That's He caught the spider in his web this time in his dream. He's not freaking out about the 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 eggnog. He's not freaking about out about the the gray hair. Things are coming together. And then Jerry calls everybody over for a carol sing along and um, points out that Millie's not going to be there, but their other two daughters, Miriam and Gladys, are going to help. And again, Ben looks at uh, Miriam and Gladys and Millicent, Miriam and Gladys. These are like old lady names, uh, but they're like again very attractive young women and Ben is just completely shocked by the the attraction in uh the attractiveness of Jerry's family. He's so confused. And so they start singing. Um and one of the fun little facts here is if you watch, you can see there's different camera angles around Jerry. He is sitting at the piano, but his hands are not moving at all. <laughs> so um yeah, so that's a fun little detail to watch for next time. Uh, so they're outside and they uh, the crew's outside trying to figure out like what's going on. Um, and then Tom realizes it's the Jerry filter. And because Jerry sends so much email and they're so annoyed by Jerry, they have been filtering all of his email to go right to junk mail. And so Tom opens up his junk mail and there it is, his uh, invitation. Uh, and April's scrolling through is like, there's so many nice messages in here. Congratulations on your wedding. I'm rooting for you. Uh, <laughs> Tom gets a happy birthday message and Andy is looking at his phone too. And he just says, I just had my high score on snake. <laughs> so Andy's, like, Andy's fully engaged. Uh, oh my so. goodness. My, my youngest Casey, uh, just found a game very similar to snake and we were doing something and she's telling me, she's like, dad, I, I'm playing this game. It is amazing. It's on their e-learning thing and uh she's like yeah you're like this snake and you go around you eat fruit whatever reason that yeah. is i don't know but every time you do because snakes don't eat fruit and every time you do you get a little bit longer but you can go off the sides but if you hit yourself you die it is the coolest game ever i was like <laughs> let me tell you about the 90s case <laughs> yeah uh, th and then she let fell me asleep tell you about the fact that this was the only game on our phone <laughs> For a long time. Yeah, we went we went from having like Nintendos and Segas to Snake. It seemed right. like there was a point in our lives where it was like we had every video game we could imagine. And then it's like now Snake is the most exciting thing you're going to play. Because you can play it while you're waiting in line <laughs> at the supermarket. <laughs> right. Now, like I have access to all these awesome games that I could play on my phone. And I still only play two games where I slide tiles into different number tiles into each other. And where I try to connect little dots to each other. Those are my two games. Um, <laughs> Numbers so, and dots back in yeah, kindergarten. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's an educational game. I'm learning factors. Uh, so um, last night, we, Judah and I were watching a TV show that is recently released on Disney Plus. And uh, there's a character who has a secret phone and he takes it out. And I just like, Jared, Judah, I had that phone. And it was the coolest. It was a razor. It's like, that's so awesome. Um, yeah, it was such a great phone. And I uh I broke it. I broke it like just right in half one time. 
out of anger out of stupidity uh no i wasn't even angry it just like i put it in my pocket without folding it and then like that it broke and so it was dumb very dumb um so but that's neither here or there because we are at jerry's party and uh we see ben uh comes over and and jerry or chris is looking at a picture of millicent um and uh, he's trying to distract him away from that and uh chris is like man she was great she was i wish her the best um and ben points out like it seems like this is really working this therapy is working and he's like well this is just a picture and then uh we hear out uh off camera uh gail saying millie and uh so she's here and but chris's reaction to this moment is great because it's like focused on his face and he just like goes deadpan which is uh some really good like he's feeling good he's feeling great but now his feelings have to actually transition into application in a real life scenario where his ex-girlfriend is now at a party he was not expecting her to be at and he has to deal with all of this it's so good so good uh rob lowe is a great chris traeger so uh and then we find that chris and millie are talking and chris millie have brought her fiance carl um and chris asks like how did you meet and it's like well he was the really cute whitewater rafter rafting guide uh, that all the girls liked. I was the really cute whitewater rafting that all the guys liked. And so we met each other and then we got together and, and uh, Chris is like, wow, that's a heartwarming tale. <laughs> I feel like I was And so he walks away and, uh, um, and he does say one little tip. There is fat in the eggnog. Uh, and so Ben's like, how, how'd it go? You're looking okay? out, Chris. And, yeah. Uh, and he's like, I'm, I'm great. Therapy has taught me. I need to face my fears. Uh, even when my fears are engaged to a man with a chiseled jawline of a young me. <laughs> uh, and then Chris points out like, Hey man, you've been a great friend to me like this. Thank you so much for coming and looking out for me tonight. Um, and, uh, and then Ben says, Hey, so Jerry and Gail. I thought about it a lot and Chris just shuts it down. It's like, there's no logical explanation. <laughs> there is no logical explanation for how they are together. Um, and then a little bit later, um, the Anne comes to the door again to let the guys in. Um, and, uh, and it comes out and she's again, trying to be a comedian. Uh, she's like, you ready to be nice to Jerry? Because it's so cold out here. It reminds me of my wife's lasagna. And April's like, I actually like that one. So, um, and, uh, and so then Jerry comes, he's like, oh, I didn't know you guys were coming. I never got your RSVP. And they're like, Hey, we got you a gift. And they decided to take all their Jerry money and give it to Jerry, um, to pay for his hospital bills. As Annie pointed out, since you almost farted yourself to death. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they give Jerry the money and they get to come in and Jerry's standing outside on the porch and Andy closes the door and locks Jerry out of his own party so um perfect perfect summary of jerry's life uh there at the end so yeah anything stand out to you in that uh any, anything we miss in that in that part of the story no i think you you pretty much nailed it all that's okay. yeah it's a great cool. great ending to that whole thing with just him he's got a perfect life and he's still on the outside <laughs> yes uh yeah that sounds about right um, I, I just really liked Chris and the journey that he's going on here. Like, mm -hmm. yes, he has been seeing Dr. Richard Nygaard for way too many hours a week. 
but it does seem to be helping him uh, figure out his actual identity in this life, which is good for him. Good for yeah, you, and, Chris. And I like that they didn't like while they kept it light. They didn't. I, I felt like they didn't really, you know, stigmatize mental health as like a, you know he sought help. I mean, in as much as like it's like yeah, sometimes it can take a long time. But I also think it's good that they they brought it up like, Hey, there's depression and you should go see someone. And they kind of overplayed it. Cause if Chris is going to do anything, he's going to do it to the 10th degree. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he sees them 15 times a week and, but it helps. It worked. It worked for Chris. And I think, you know, instead of just like going, Oh, I'm better now. It wasn't that big of a deal. It shows like with the hard work. And then this is the kind of the payoff. So we can kind of move on from him being perpetually crippled by every small thing that goes wrong in his life. Mm-hmm. And and moving on. So yeah, I I, re- I did. You're right. I like I like the storyline. It, it was good for Chris, and and for the whole like the mental health conversation too. Which this was 2011, I think, when this one came out, 2012. So 2012. Yeah, yeah I feel like it was a long time. It felt like you know before everything was like all about mental health and everything. So yeah, yeah. Ahead well, of its time. Parks and Rec, if anything, is ahead of its time. There's even a time travel episode. Where they go yeah. to the future. The which is future, in the future for us. It's so, in the past so, for us now, though. But we will talk about it in the future, which could be in the past for somebody else when they listen to it. Man, this mm-hmm. is getting crazy. Podcasting is fun. Uh, that's why we talk about every the day that we are recording. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> or the weather, right? <laughs> but we do it anyway, because... <laughs> We got to figure out how to start talking to each other. These are social norms. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah. You're so. in the same weather as me. <laughs> you, you, you live 10 minutes away from me. What's the weather like over there? Uh, what um, time is it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it does feel like different time zones between uh, our, our two towns. So, um, all right, let's take a break here because we have an email. Okay. See you. We, we don't, well, don't go. Oh. Don't go. I'm back. Uh, this is this is from uh, listener Chrissy. A couple weeks ago, I asked people to write in about counter pizza, to um, to talk talk to st- just talk some sense into you. And I am sorely disappointed that Christie's response um, is not doing that. Um, Christy, I just need you to know my hand is in a fist and it's already up in the air right now. I'm very excited. Okay. Thank you. Well, good. Um, so let me just talk to you here. Let, let's just. I'll be Christy. I hesitated to respond to this because of Jeremy's incorrect opinion about musicals during the whole soundtracks are a mixtape from the director conversation. Um, apparently wow. your podcast beef is with your listeners. <laughs> 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 but they're I am on, kind they're of, on, they're on to us. <laughs> yeah. We're just trying to antagonize you. Uh, he is kind of with Jeremy. She is kind of with Jeremy on the issue of leftover pizza. When in college, as many of us do, I ate a lot of leftover pizza. And it may be iffy, but I'd eat it if it was on the counter or more realistically, the coffee table overnight. But I'd put it in the fridge if there was still more to enjoy. See, so she's happy to eat it overnight, but then she would put it in the fridge because it's in quotes dry, meaning bread, cheese, vegetables and cured meats. It seems like the rules about food safety that would apply to meats or things made with other types of dairy products wouldn't apply. There doesn't seem to be enough moisture for bacteria to grow. I'm sure it happens, but it seems rare that people get food poisoning from cured meats, stale bread, and melted and re-hardened cheese. Which, does that Mm. sound good? (laughs) Yes. Uh, And so, yeah, so Christy is also somebody that we should be praying for 
uh, that she doesn't get a bacteria borne illness from her counter or coffee table pizza. So, yeah, I never thought about the coffee table pizza. That's I, I think that takes it to a level of classiness. I had never really thought of <laughs> counter, you know, it's like, well, it's yeah. I mean, coffee table, like we get these really cool, big, thick coffee table books because mm, yeah. you're fancy because you're fancy. <laughs> and why, why not? Well, coffee table pizza. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm into this thing, 500 pages worth, you know? So, you know what I would love to see? Somebody a coffee table reading... book about pizza? Yes. <laughs> no, no. Somebody actually reading a coffee table book. Because <laughs> they know what actually coffee, like about coffee tables. <laughs> but, yeah, that's nobody actually sits down and reads those. Those are simply there to look impressive to people. It's like, look how big this book is. Yeah, <laughs> I have big books. <laughs> and you cannot <laughs> lie. No. And it's so, uh, yeah. So, the same, like, who are you trying to impress with your coffee table pizza? <laughs> who are you trying to say, wow, this guy, he's got his life together. <laughs> Anybody who comes in and they're more than welcome to it. <laughs> it's right. it's a right. charcuterie board of pizza. It's right there. It's oh right there for gosh. you. It's just <laughs> hospitable. Hospitality, yeah. Jason. See, I, I couldn't do that because I have two dogs. And so the, the, the coffee table is too low. Uh, the dogs would eat the pizza. So I got to, I could, if I have pizza, it has to be on a full heighted table or a counter. And uh, yeah. So listener, it's okay. you'll get, you'll get there. <laughs> please help. Email us. We we're still in this, this raging debate about counter well, pizza. I, I think we won. I think we're okay. I think that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> listener, help me, please, uh, email us parks and conversation at gmail.com. And, uh, we would love to hear from you. Also tell your friends about this show, maybe not this episode, but the show in general, um, and let them know like, Hey, I love parks and rec and I care about you as a person. And I want you to enjoy two people talking about parks and rec, as well as other things like counter pizza or what other kinds of food should be on a conveyor belt. That you can include that in your email as well. Um, so please tell people, rate our show on the things as well. They, they talk about rating things on iTunes or Spotify or Amazon podcasts or Bleeblorp or wherever. Uh, do that. That'd be cool. You ready to send talk a about wolf. the next? You know, whatever. <laughs> <Send a wolf. laughs> yeah, uh, send a woof. And so fax us your reviews. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the, the second plot line here of this episode. It's a fun one because uh, Ron, it's a Christmas themed episode. And so uh, we find out that Ron um, is being congrats you Christmas by Leslie which is half Christmas, half congratulations, because she found out that Ron has been nominated for an award with Indiana Fine Wood Woodworking Association. Um, and Ron is surprised that Leslie knew about this. Um, but uh, she had a Google alert for Ron Swanson that finally paid off. And so, um, yeah, so Ron uh, goes to a talking heads like, I recently made a chair. thought it was a good chair. I submitted it. And uh, they, they felt it merited consideration for an award. <laughs> and he like gets a little giddy like it's been a real whirlwind <laughs> uh and so uh and then goes cuts back to leslie and ron talking he's like i'm actually really honored by this and this is the only event i've ever wanted to go to <laughs> so uh so leslie invites herself to go and uh ron's like why are you going and it's like well because i'm your emotional guardian 
uh, it's my duty to support you. And, and Ron's like, well, I'm going to bring Diane. And Leslie's just like, well, that's great. I finally get to meet her. This is going to be wonderful. And then she sings a congratulate Christmas carol. Jingle bells, jingle yay, jingle good for you. And then Brian kicks her out of the office. So um, so they are going to this event. And it's going to be really something. Um, and so Ron and uh, Leslie are, or Ron and Diane go in. And um, he, Ron's like, welcome to Indiana Fine Woodworking Awards. Or as I like to call it, heaven. Uh, and Leslie comes in and is like, and Ron introduces Leslie and Leslie instantly begins to uh, talk and want to get to know her. Uh, and Leslie's like, Ron's told me so much about you. And in the past, he has told me that your name is Diane and that you exist. Um, and so I, I need to know more about you is basically the, the vibe. And Diane's like, wow, I don't even know Ron's middle name. And Leslie does, which uh, it, it is Ulyss- Ulysses. But like that is a red flag for Diane here. Like um, that will come up later. Because uh, Ron, Ron and Leslie have a very, very close relationship. And Diane is a little uh, uneasy about that. And so um, the, uh, while this is starting up here, Ron points out that that's Christian Bexford over there, the modern master of the Shaker style. <laughs> and uh, it's like, I, I can't believe he's right there. And Diane's like, go say hi. <laughs> He's like, I'm sure you get swamped with attention all the time. <laughs> the guy's just standing there <laughs> by himself, <laughs> like holding a drink, just looking around. And he's like, he gets swamped with attention all the time. So, uh, but then he sees a Jack he's a real, playing there. He, he, he's what? a real woodworker. I believe it. I absolutely believe that. Yeah. Um, and he makes really beautiful wood uh, products. Work. Yeah. Woodwork. <clears throat> he doesn't make the trees. No. Um, yeah. Uh, but Ron sees a Jack plane that he needs to go check out. And so Leslie and Diane are getting to know each other and she wants to know five biggest hopes, dreams, fears, and regrets. Um, and then, uh, cut back to them and, uh, Leslie, uh, they're talking about Hogwarts. Um, and what house would you have been Diane? And, uh, she said, I want to say Gryffindor, but I'd have to go with Hufflepuff. Um, and, uh, and then Leslie says, I, you know, I would be Gryffindor and I'd be seeker on the Quidditch team, which is, um, the, the uh roll harry potter hat uh so then they come up and uh Di- ron's there by the chairs and he's like diane that's my chair and diane's like wow it's beautiful yours is gonna win and leslie leans over which one is ron's and he's like i don't know <laughs> so they're all the same <laughs> and so uh yeah so leslie is like really enjoying getting to know diane and he approves she approves of him. And like next time we see them, Leslie comes up with both arms raised, two thumbs up. And he's like, you've got my approval for Diane. And Ron is so great. He's like, I don't need your approval, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> um, and uh, but you have and, it. Yeah. And like you have it. She's ordering you your favorite drink. She's here at the stupid, boring woodworking stuff. Um, and all the people look at her and it's like, look, guys, it's not the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's so uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so Ron is excited. Uh, Leslie's excited for Ron and, and Ron smiles a little bit, uh, here, um, because, uh, yeah, this is, things are coming together for Ron. He's nominated for an award. He's got a really great, uh, companion and, uh, and then Tammy too shows up and, uh, yeah, Tammy is terrible and I hate her for so many reasons. Um, and, uh, she just has so many double entendres throughout this episode about woodworking that 
can't say this because I do want this to be a family friendly show. Um, so yeah, Ron, Tammy's here. Uh, and so Leslie <laughs> is going to try once to, again, once, once again, though, played by Megan Mullally, who is Nick Offerman's wife in real life. Yes. Yeah. It, so this as gross is as she is to Ron. And I know, yeah, it's just, it, for some reason it kind of was like, Oh, that's, and then you're like, yeah, at least she's, you know, t- towards her husband. And everybody else in the room. <laughs> That's is, true. I know. But it's just, it's just great. for them. It's, it's just for them. <laughs> Ugh, yuck. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's not, not great. Um, and Ron notices that she's here. And, um, and uh, so this like is. How he, like sniffs, sniffs the air. Like, yeah. She's here. Yeah. And Diane is there. And, and Ron introduces Diane to Tammy. And uh, says, Diane, this is a piece of human garbage named Tammy, who is also my ex-wife. <laughs> and uh, the twice ex-wife. And Leslie points out, twice divorced. Everything's done. They're totally done. Uh, and she's going to try to interfere uh, for um, to keep Tammy away from Don, Donna, <laughs> not Donna, Diane and Ron, because, you know, she wants she's his emotional guardian. She wants to protect him. Um, one of my favorite jokes in this episode is Leslie says, shouldn't you be the library forcing people to borrow books? Because Leslie, you and I both know the library closes at 3 PM. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Forcing people to borrow books. Uh, yeah, it's, that's a pretty good, pretty good moment there because the library does close at weird hours. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Leslie is going to try to protect Ron. Uh, and then the program starts up and the normal host for all of the things uh, is here hosting this event. Um, Martin Housley. Martin Housley. Yes. I was trying to pull up the cast list. Martin Housley. Um, and uh, he, he has some great jokes. I'm your host, Martin Housley. And wow, it's going to be a great show. Knock on wood. And everybody laughs. Um, <laughs> oh, would I? <laughs> yeah. And then the end is like, well, they asked me if I would host this event. And I said, would I? And he holds up a wooden eye. <laughs> and everybody laughs again. <laughs> so Tammy ends up sitting at their table. And uh, this is not great situation. Um, she's just going to annoy. And then they go to the next thing where next award is for achievement in chairs. <laughs> And uh, Martin reads the nominees, uh, Asa Christiana for chair, Ron Swanson for chair, H.W. Davenport for chair. Um, (laughs) And so they're all named chair. And it turns out Ron wins for chair. And he goes to give a speech. And he's like, this is the only award that I've ever cared about. And I made my first chair when I was five, but the quality of the wood was wanting. So when I turned nine, (laughs) I used my factory wages to purchase some beautiful local walnut and then tammy is trying to distract him uh with his body with her body in the front row and he's like uh uh thank you uh uh for this uh this is all good night uh there it is (laughs) and he walks off (laughs) uh so um and then cuts back to the party or to the award show uh and uh they're doing a memoriam (laughs) so uh martin says let's take a moment to remember those woodworkers who are no longer with us and the beautiful coffins they all designed themselves <laughs> and the guy and the, the first guy's name was like i think it was like jeremy sneebler yes <laughs> and, and then it showed his coffin on the side and it just said oak 
<laughs> the details about like these kinds of things like it's so great the beautiful coffins they all design themselves <laughs> uh so uh diane is standing there and uh leslie comes and is like hey, have you seen ron um he disappeared after speech i can't find him and uh and it's like look the, the relationship is so complex and gross um it, I, let me handle it and diane's like i'm not worried about tammy i'm and she points out like i'm the middle school vice principal Hormonal psychopaths are in my life all the time. And she's like, oh, great. And so, but then Diane says, it's, it's you I'm concerned about because you guys are so close. And, um, and I just don't have that same relationship with Ron. And, uh, and Les is like, I'm engaged. And, and she's like, look, Tammy's a monster, but you are the one who is closest to, uh, to, to Ron. And, uh, in the background, we then hear Mount Martin say, okay, folks, fasten your seatbelt. It's the big one. Best desk. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> fasten, fasten your seatbelts. Um, and, uh, and then Ron and, and, uh, Leslie talk and, um, and he's like, where's Diane? I need her. And, and Ron, and she's like, she left. Um, and she said she was threatened by our relationship. And Ron's like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you're pro government. You never stop talking. And you have blonde hair, blonde hair. You're my worst nightmare. <laughs> uh, and so, um, but Ron finds this whole idea ridiculous. And Leslie points out, look, look, I know a lot about you. I know when your birthday is and great callback here. Ron says, so does Baskin Robbins. <laughs> it's like the one other person or place that knows his birthday. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then he's like, well, I know you secretly love artichokes and plums. And then Ron gets mad. <laughs> Keep your voice down, woman. <laughs> And so he, uh, he's like, well, here, I, what do I do? Tammy's waiting for me in my car. And so Leslie's like, here, take my car, go get Diane. I will handle Tammy. Um, and Ron warns her that she's an eye gouger. So watch out. And so T Tammy is waiting for Ron in Ron's car and Leslie gets in and they do this whole uh, chase. Oh, I knocked my microphone. They do this whole, this whole chase thing. Uh, around the car they're driving and they she throws uh leslie ends up coming up to a dumpster and throwing the keys in the dumpster and tammy goes in after the keys and leslie gets in after after that and uh they fight and they wrestle and then Les tammy gets the keys and goes and tries to start the car and uh, leslie then jumps in the window and they're running all over the place um and so while that's all happening uh diane and and ron uh are have reunited and they are uh, at cozy's bar which i believe is in eagleton and uh and uh diane's like look um you guys are just really close and i just don't know if we're ever going to get to that point and uh and ron's like right now leslie is protecting us from tammy because she's a loyal friend um and um she's very important but I would sooner visit Europe than have any romantic relationship between me and Leslie. Although if you'd like to visit Europe, I'd be willing to risk it. <laughs> and so um, like, that's a huge commitment for Ron to say, I'd be willing to go to Europe for you. But so, not France. No, 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 no. Um, but then they're at Cozy's and, and Ron's like, I brought you here because I want you to show you something that almost no one knows about. Uh, certainly not Tammy, not even Leslie knows this. And on the stage, there's a, a man introducing uh, the, the music for the evening. And it is 
Duke Silver. And Tammy like was looking at the stage, and while she's looking at the stage, Ron walks away and goes up there and then introduces Duke Silver. And uh, I mean, Ron as Duke Silver is one of the the creepiest, creepiest creepy. Uh, <laughs> says a mighty fine holiday evening to you all. It might be cold outside, but it's about to get warm all up in my jazz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <a> barf. <laughs> uh, so, so then he uh, introduce he dedicates "Hark the Herald" to Diane, uh, which is a <laughs> weird song to die to uh, dedicate to somebody. Um, but Diane, and then people come up to start talking to Diane, saying how lucky she is to be with Duke. Uh, but then the other one says, "I'm going to kill you." Um, so <laughs> that's where that's at. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Ron is like, you know what, I'm going to retire from, uh, let's just say, I'm going to retire from Ron's emotional guardian. That's Diane's job. And I'm here to just try to make sure that his crazy ex-wife, uh, doesn't ruin his life. Um, and, uh, she's like, but I think I'm safe. They're back in the, the meeting hall. Um, and Tammy shows up, grabs an ax and starts chasing Leslie credit scene. Ron and, and Diane are responding to offer officer Scrogel. Uh, who pulled over Tammy in Ron's car. Um, and uh, and so Ron's like, okay, thank you. Um, did you see any sign of a passenger? And then knocking on the trunk, Ron opens it, and there's Leslie. End of episode. <laughs> so, yeah. Good, uh, good time. Good time. We get to see some differentiation between Ron and Leslie. Like, they're going to be great friends, but, like, Ron is committing himself to Diane and, like, yeah, it's good. Leslie's will opening up her control over Ron's life to say, I don't need to control you. I don't need to protect you. You're a grown up and you got Diane in your life. So, yeah, good growing moments for yeah. for several characters. I agree so. with you. <laughs> good. Those words that you said. Excellent. Uh, yeah, any other uh, trivia or notes about this episode that we need to highlight? Um, nothing that really stood out. It was pretty, yeah, everything was pretty straightforward with this one. All right, all right, all right. All right I think it was just right. got an 8.9 on IMDb. Mm. Um, yeah, which I thought, that's, yeah, pretty good. It was, a, it was a fun episode. I like this episode. Yeah, here's, here's something that we should note. Chrissy Brinkley is nine years and two days older than uh jim o'hare who plays jerry oh wow uh, yeah so that uh i didn't know he was that young <laughs> yeah he's he is uh, a a younger person than you think um and uh yeah so that i thought was an interesting point of reference and then um this is a spoiler in the trivia section on imdb Tom tells Anne that she should be a stand-up comedian. Aziz Ansari is a stand-up comedian in real life. No. Yeah. Spoiler. Man. So, I don't. I don't know. Don't go on Netflix. <laughs> I also looked at IMDb is amazing. And I, I looked at the connections thing, and it says Anne says Matlock called. He wants your cardigan back. <laughs> That's the connection. Matlock is also <laughs> a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Matlock. Cultural also, reference here. Also on television. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, that's right. funny. Well, next, that's next uh, week. That's this, uh, this episode, right? We're done. 
Yeah, that is this episode. Next week yeah. is the two parties. The two parties. But I have some uh, good news, bad news. Good news is next week uh, I'm out of town. Yay. It's, oh, that's the bad news. No, that's the good news. Oh, the good news. Um, the bad news is we are still going to make another episode a week later. Wait. Good. Wait, no. <laughs> no. So there won't be an episode did- next week. There will be one the following week. We'll be back. Okay. But we're, uh, yeah, we're just not going to be able to record in our normal schedule. So, so this won't matter to people six months from now. No. But if you're, okay. lis- if you're week to week, like our tens of listeners, um, then uh, just heads up. Don't panic. Don't, don't fret. We shall return to converse about parks. So that's that. Well, have fun doing whatever you're doing. Not, okay. not podcasting. I won't be podcasting, but I will probably be uh, sitting in the rain at the <laughs> <Okay>. ocean. <laughs> so going to the ocean. Sounds fun. Just, it will just, be fun. just go into the ocean. Yep. There it All is. All right. It's huge. Well, people, so much- you see Jason's priorities. So I'll be here. Just waiting. I'll just sit here. <laughs> Until he gets back. Okay. All right. Well, then. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking in two weeks. Hope somebody brings me some food. <laughs> yeah. You don't even have to cook it. You can just leave it out there. Yeah. Just give me counter. some, some counter pizza. <laughs> well, bye. Bye. See ya.